The following is a hoop ball presentation. My name is Lawrence Brooks, and you're listening to the Hoopball Mavericks Podcast. Ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for betting tips. I always get asked, who you got, Lakers or Clippers, Brady or Mahomes? And I'll tell you what I tell them. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I tell them to bet with my bookie. My bookie's rep is rock solid, and they've got the best odds, contests, and promotions in the business. They're the only place I trust to handle my NBA-related bets. The one sportsbook guaranteed to give me the best lines for the national championship game, Sunday night basketball, Thursday night, and anything in between. And you know me, I don't give my stamp of approval easily. To earn it, you've got to be the best at what you do. And my book, my bookie is the best sports book out there, period. It's simple. Sign up, enter promo code HOOPBALL, and get your deposit matched way halfway up to 1000 bucks. Head over to my bookie if you want to add a little excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best. Bet with my bookie. Again, my name is Lawrence Brooks. Thank you for joining me on the HOOPBALL Mavericks podcast. And we're back after a couple of disappointing losses. Disappointing losses. And they can't all be winners. Things will happen. But these were two very winnable games. Last time we spoke was prior to the weekend where they faced off against the Spurs yesterday. And then they turned around today on a Monday night. And they played against a really tough Philadelphia 76ers team. But before I get into these games, I have to speak to a little something more overall, I should say, because we'll talk about the, you know, just kind of what I saw in the games, kind of what the numbers suggest and just break down what I feel. But before I do that, I just want to talk about Luca and Porzingis for a minute. We know Luca is a 22 year old basketball superstar Porzingis is a 25 year old basketball star all-star one thing we have to keep in mind with a season like this with a team like the Mavericks and just the overall ebbs and flows of the wins and losses that are coming this team is being led by two relatively young guys And when you get young guys that are leading a basketball team, you're going to deal with inconsistency. And that's a lot of what the Mavericks have shown this season. It's just inconsistency. They've shown they've been one of the better teams in the NBA. And as a matter of fact, as it stands right now, they have the 10th best record in the NBA. So this team is performing well ahead of schedule, considering the roster uh, makeup that they have. They only have two guys that are that are all-star level. Everyone else are complimentary players, with the exception of a couple of guys having really good years as complimentary pieces. But <clears throat> when you have guys at this age, you're going to have days where Luca's a little more emotional than usual, or they don't bring the energy as much as they should, or you get guys like Porzingis who's a little annoyed by his attempts on any given night maybe he's not getting as many looks as he would like so 
when these guys are losing some of these games, we have to keep in mind that they're they're a relatively young basketball team being guided by two young players, and the coach and staff can only do so much. Attitude reflects leadership, and just the leadership knowing how you can be at a twenty-two year two as a twenty-two year old guy, twenty-five year old guy that still has their own life. They're still learning the rigors of the NBA. They're still learning how to win on a consistent basis. Winning the games you should win, um, taking care of business on a nightly basis, and just having a veteran-type approach to every game is tough. And that's some, that's a learned skill over time. So with that being said, we're dealing with a Mavericks team that has lost to the Spurs, a very winnable game. Then they turn around and lose to the Philadelphia 76ers, who maybe most would say that they should have lost to. But if you go back a couple of games, they also lost to the Houston Rockets. And so two of the losses that they have in the last three are the teams that they should have beat. And for several different reasons, they did not. And I think some of that is due to, I I don't want to say immaturity, because I don't think that Luka Doncic and Porzingis are immature. I just think they are developing and coming into their own as leaders of a basketball team that is trying to win on a nightly basis. They're still trying to learn how to win on a nightly basis as individuals. They know how to get their numbers, but they're learning how to bring a team along with them and how to demand certain things and when to demand certain things and carrying a level or a standard of winning on a nightly basis that just comes with learning the league and learning the game and and maturing as an individual in the NBA. Um, so I just wanted to say that because that's what we need. That's what we should keep in perspective when we're watching the Mavericks play. They are a young basketball team led by two young guys. Now, speaking of the Spurs last night, the one thing that jumps out to me in this game is the fact that they just didn't shoot the three ball very well. And for a team that shoots the three ball a lot, I mean, they're fifth in the league in attempts. But they're hovering around the middle of the pack in terms of percentage. I think they're at around 36% and 17th in the league. But last night, last night against the Spurs, or yesterday, I should say, yesterday afternoon against the Spurs, they were 13 of 42 at 31%. Just not going to cut it for a team that shoots as many threes. It's almost half of their attempts being shot from the three-point line. And you know they say live by the three, die by the three, but more so than anything, if you're a team that is going to shoot a ton of threes, you just have to make a ton of threes. If that's going to be the focal point of your offense, and that's just something they didn't do last night. They they came out and they had a slow start. You still got big games from their two stars. So Porzingis ended the game with 31, 31 points, 15 rebounds, two blocks. Um, Luca ended up with 29.7 assists. He did have five turnovers, which you don't like, but nonetheless, he still had a pretty efficient game. He was only two of eight from the three-point line at 25%. That's not going to get it done, but he's been pretty lights out from the three. And just in general, that is the overall theme of this game. They did they did not shoot the three-ball well, and so both teams exchanged leads. And both teams were made runs on each other. And the Mavericks actually went into the fourth quarter with a lead. But the Spurs went on an 11-2 run, pulled the game to tie it up again. And here we go. <clears throat> so 
so this game was hanging in the balance. And when you get into, and so when it comes down to a final possession, it goes to DeMar DeRozan. Now, most would say that they should probably double. I say that they should have doubled him to get the ball out of his hands. You have to make someone else score. He literally brought the ball up court himself. They set a screen and roll. He came off the screen and roll, got to his sweet spot for a 20-foot jump shot. That was fairly contested, but for a guy who routinely makes mid-range jump shots, it really didn't matter. And he had it rolling. He had 27 in the second half. So that was just poor execution. You know, they come into the post game. Rick Carlisle said he basically tried to have the teams back. Me paraphrasing, saying we spoke about what we should do in the timeout. And that's on me. Maybe we should double him. But for me, I felt that was just him trying to take the onus on himself and not putting it on the team in terms of what they were supposed to do. I don't know what the call was. I don't know what the execution was supposed to be. But it just seemed like a poor idea to let him go one-on-one and live with the results. You got to get the ball out of his hands. It's just that simple. It's point-blank period. That simple. Get the ball out of DeMar DeRozan's hand, especially as he had it rolling. If he's having an off night, maybe you take that gamble. But for a guy who was cooking, you just can't do that. You just It's just not a good idea. And so after they tied the game up, that was it. He brought it down, scored. He, the ball dropped through the net with .5 left, and they lost the game. Very winnable game. Should have won the game, but they did not. They got a big, another big performance from Porzingis, and I feel like a, on some of his big games, they end up losing. And then you fall into tonight, where now it's on a, on a back-to-back, and he's not playing, but you still need wins. Because let's be clear, the Mavericks are in seventh place. They're in the play-in game right now. They're 29 and 24. Now they're two games back of the Trailblazers. And they're still in the bottom half of the playoff bracket. So every night is a must-win, as I continue to say. So then you roll into tonight's game. And speaking of tonight's game, I think with the Mavericks situation as they have it at hand, they have to start maybe considering playing games where maybe guys are on minute restrictions rather than complete sits. And the coaching staff and the medical staff knows Porzingis and Luca much better than we do. But it looks like the load managing thing is just simply to reduce mileage and wear and tear, which you, there's also an alternate to that. You can reduce wear and tear by just having a minutes restriction. Maybe he only plays 22 to 24 minutes on the night and you disperse those how you feel like they should go. But for a team that's scraping and scrapping to stay in the playoff hunt, I don't, it just seems they're already in bad position and it, they're putting themselves in worse position when they're load managing and guys aren't playing. And then you're playing a team like the 76ers, who is just a, a really tough opponent and you need all hands on deck. So we get into tonight's game, which I knew was going to be tough coming in. But the thing about it is, you know that they have a lot of length. Ben Simmons is in the running for defensive player of the year. I don't think he will get it, but he has been an absolute stud on defense and they just have a ton of length to throw at Luca and they're just bigger inside with Joel Embiid being one of the one of the front runners for MVP and then you still didn't have you still didn't have Porzingis playing tonight. Now you're really in a tough situation. It really puts you in a tough situation because you're trying to get a win, and now you're undermanned. And so Maxi Kleber was back tonight, 
but then he fell into foul trouble. So now you're down even more guys. And then you, you look up and Dorian Finney-Smith is on Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid only played three quarters of this game. Three quarters and had 36 points. Didn't even need him in the fourth. This game was over fast. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So for so for Dallas, it was just really disappointing to see a game like this slip away, not because of the personnel situation, but when you think of the what if. What if Porzingis plays in this game? I mean, you just never know. We won't know because they're not playing and they didn't or he didn't play. So we have nothing to go off other than the fact that they didn't have all hands on deck. And that's unfortunate because if they had all all hands on deck, they have a chance to win this game. That doesn't mean they actually win the game, but at least you give yourself a shot. So then we come into tonight's game as well. Again, same issue. Three-point shooting. They were 9 of 36 from the three. Completely cold. Completely cold. And that's just not going to, that's a recipe for disaster off top. They won the rebounding battle. You guys know I talk about the rebounding battle all the time. 46 to 40 on the night. They won the rebounding battle. But the play, Joel Embiid dominated this game from start to, to finish for when he finished, which was the third quarter. And that pretty much did it. I mean, Luka came out ready to play. He had a pretty efficient night from the field. He was 10 of 20 from the field. He only hit two of seven threes. But he had 32 points, one steal, four assists, two rebounds. But a lot of those, he could have had 10 assists if they were shooting if they were shooting the ball better. But a lot of the looks just were not falling. Just were not falling. And so Josh Richardson still in a still in an up and down funk. He only has seven points. But they win a lot of games when he's in double digits. They didn't. He wasn't in double digits today. They lost. Jalen Brunson played well. He was 7-14 from the field, but he was all three from the three-point line. You got, <clears throat> excuse me, Tim Hardaway Jr. was relatively quiet. He had nine points, but he was three of nine from the field. He only played 21 minutes. Obviously, you can't play a lot of Boban. Uh, J.J. Redick made his made his debut. He only played about, he played a little less than 14 minutes. He was one of seven from the field, one of three from the three-point line, but hopefully his leadership... For, um, can actually help them a lot in the locker room and another knockdown three-point shooter although this is a down year for him we know he's one of the best three-point shooters in the league so hopefully that kind of stabilizes the lineup uh, from the outside so to speak in terms of shooting the basketball but this game was pretty much over with Joel Embiid dominating in such a way that it just didn't matter what they did but you just can't have a, a team that's predicated on the three-point uh, shot shooting 25% from three. That just can't happen. And not to mention, I mean, after the first quarter, you only had, you had three players, three players that had only made one field goal through the entire half, through the entire half. After the first quarter, there was, they had three players who had one field goal. Luca, Dorian Finney-Smith, Tim Hardaway Jr. And I mean, you just have to be better than that. You just, there's no other way around it. And especially if you're playing against the Philadelphia 76ers, that's certainly not going to work. But the bigs, they were completely dominated in this game. No Porzingis, so the rim protection was not there. Their biggest guy was, their biggest, most talented defender was not there. 
And that just that was just green light for Joel and B to completely take over this game and crush any opportunity that the Mavericks had because he dictated pace. The tempo of the game was in his favor. He got extremely comfortable. He got everything he wanted. And they made more threes than Dallas. Made more threes than Dallas. They were 12 of 31 from the three with going 38%. Dallas was 9 of 36. So they have to be better. But this is one of those games where maybe it doesn't matter as much if they take care of business against a Houston Rockets team that is openly tanking and a Spurs team that is fighting but isn't quite as talented as Dallas. So this loss just stings more because it just adds to the fact that they should have won their previous couple of games. So now they're still, thankfully, they're still in seventh place and they're only two games back of the sixth place spot. But... On Sunday, I mean, excuse me, on Wednesday, they have they have the Grizzlies, which should be a win, but there's no guarantees. And as we see of recent, Dallas has fallen into a shooting slump and they're struggling to win games. So they got to get back on the saddle in terms of winning. And so we'll see what happens. But I don't think it's the end of anything. Obviously, I think they'll be in the hunt to the end. But I think that's one of the things they're, they struggle with consistency and attitude reflects leadership, like I say. And Luca has to be better about sometime with his body language. And that's just being nitpicky because he's a stud every night. But this isn't about in between the lines. This is just about knowing on a nightly basis how much responsibility you carry. And some of that is about rallying your troops in a way where they see that you're standing tall at all moments and not getting down. But again, that comes with maturity. Um, that comes with experience. That comes with age as you continue to grow into a man in the NBA. So Wednesday, we'll see if they can bounce back against the Grizzlies. This is not a gimme game. This is a game they will have to come out. Hopefully everyone is back. No one's sitting because they'll need a win. And they can get back to their, their winning ways. Because like I said, they have the 10th best record overall in the NBA. So they're not playing bad. But there's some things they certainly have to clean up. Um, so yeah, let's see what happens. But thank you guys for listening. Again, please subscribe and download the podcast on all streaming platforms. Leave a five-star review. Um, I will also watch out for me on Twitter. I tweet, or at least try to get to as many tweets as I can. With life being in the way, that's been a little bit more difficult of late. But I will try to get back into it as well. Um, at Mavs, that's H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-M-A-V-S. And I'm also at LBSaidIt on Twitter. That's L-B-S-A-I-D-I-T. So you guys, let me know what you think. If you see anything, please listen to the podcast, share it with friends and all in between. And I will see you guys Wednesday. You guys have a safe night. Talk to you soon. Go Mavs. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.